0: flame
1: the hottest podcast on the internet
0: all right that was the jam going underground what's happening everybody robert phoenix back here today it is wednesday the 13th thanks for being here um obviously uh we're getting a little bit of a late start this morning but um i hope i provide enough enjoyable content so that uh the wait is worth it. Anyway, what's going on? How are you? Uh, the uh, world continues to turn <laughs> as the world turns. You know, I've not really dove into the whole flat earth glober earth thing. I think it's I think it's a trap. I think it's a, I think it's a big trap and a big diversion. And sometimes uh. It, you know, I, the Tartaria stuff really interests me and fascinates me, but I I, uh, I I, always seem to think that it's connected to flat earth. Maybe it's because of flat earth British. I don't know. Maybe that's the reason. It's like, well, can I just enjoy my Tartaria without having to go into flat earth world? No, and I, I don't think we really understand uh, the nature of, of this reality in the physical domain fully. Let's put it that way. Um, I'm going to have Spencer Edwards on, not this week, but the following week with, um, well, the following week, it's going to be him. I don't know who else I'll have on, but he's going to be on the show next week. He's a very interesting character. I talked with him last night. And he's got this whole idea and thesis that the planet is being run by these oblong-shaped cone heads who are highly advanced. And he believes that the, uh, the Earth is a battlefield right now between humans and the oblong-shaped cone heads. And you guys have seen those pictures of the people with the giant heads that go this way, right? Right. Anyway, talked to him yesterday, very nice guy, and he'll be on the show, not this Friday, but next Friday. This Friday, I know for a fact that we'll have Russ Winter on in the first hour, and uh, we're going to be talking about the New York City thing, which I'm going to be talking about today. So we may wind up covering some of the same ground, but Russ also has a few other things that he wants to talk about. So it's always great to have him on. And I'm still looking to fill that second hour on Friday. Uh, and maybe Miriam might come on, the woman who is working on the George Floyd stuff. Maybe she'll come on in the second hour. If she's done her show with Stu Peters, if that's happened, then, then, then she can come on. I think she's got an exclusive with Stu Peters, my my, I'll just be honest here. My resentment with Stu Peters is starting to rise a little bit, and I have thoughts about Stu Peters, um, as you know, and and I'll, I'll talk about some of those today, but they won't be the, the bulk of the show. It's been interesting not being on Twitter. I mean, well, almost. I kind of I'm kind of on Twitter. Let's put it that way. It's interesting not being on Twitter um, and seeing like the news, cause I can watch the news feed. It's a very interesting and fairly diabolical thing that Twitter has set up. And by the way, Twitter is now really going after people like cliff high is gone, Like he's, he doesn't have an account anymore on Twitter and um, you know, for whatever I think of cliff, I, I think he should be able to have a platform whether it's Twitter or YouTube or any other platform, he should have a platform. So he's gone now, which I think is unfortunate. Um, just because I think people should have platforms. Period. Uh, Jack posobiak has been—I think he's gone for a week. So posobiak got the the week suspension, the week ban treatment, which is what I'm now experiencing. Uh, so a number of people are starting. Is Twitter starting to, you know, take the hammer down? When Jack Dorsey was there. Yeah. Oh yes, I know. You should have a Twitter account, Jasper. Yeah, yeah I know. I might set up a Twitter account for you. Yeah. yeah. I think Jasper's Twitter account would get more followers than mine. That's that goes without saying. Um. When Jack Dorsey was at Twitter. Like some people experience bans. I, well, I will say this. I had a previous account and I had over 2000 people on my account at Twitter. And the problem with that account is that I start, I got on Twitter in, I think it was 2011. And I had, I had over two, I had close to 3000 people and that was after pruning that Twitter account, but there wasn't much quality control. My Twitter feed was just filled with a lot of flotsam and jets. And I'm like, why the fuck do I have these people on my Twitter feed? Right. So I pruned a lot of that. And I think I got it to about 2000 and I don't know, somewhere in the 2000, mid two thousands. And then uh, the whole BLM thing started to happen. And Eventually, I don't know. I think I think it was. I think I said something to Matt Barnes on his Twitter feed or something like that. And Matt Barnes was vehemently, you know, pro BLM, and um, and I I think I said something to him on his Twitter feed, and he was, I think he was going after Jason Whitlock. I think I stood up for Jason Whitlock, and I said something. And then I was, I was uh, given a timeout during that time. I'm like, okay, but Twitter was a hot mess during the whole BLM stuff. It was weird. It was very weird. I remember going into certain Twitter feeds that were very radical, very, very radical. And do you remember that guy? uh, What's his name? He was supposed to lead this, you know, this black army. It was named Jam Master J or something like that. Let me see if I can find him. Like, you know, that wasn't that long ago. When. The, all this went down. So There. So there are two Jam Master J's. There's one that was part of Run DMC. And then there was this other guy um, who was like the leader of this militant black army. Do you remember him? There were two of them. And I forget the name of that black army now. Like, what is it? Something don't give a fuck or something like that. Anyway, I was in their Twitter feed during the whole George Floyd thing, and it, it it was weird. Like, they were fully on about taking on all these other groups, right? And the rhetoric was, was uh, it was beyond inflammatory. In, in a lot of ways, it matches the rhetoric of this guy who is supposedly the New York subway shooter. And I just remember going through these threads and watching what they were talking about. I'm like, yeah, we're going to get this group. And when we're done with this group, we're going to go after this group and this group and this group. And yeah, they're on our list. And I remember when um, I think they went into they, not that group, but uh, the, uh, the agitators went into if i'm not mistaken it was like an area in chicago which was primarily dominican i've told this story before so they went into this area that's primarily and there might have been maybe half a dozen of these agitators and they were definitely you know blm people maybe the the odd antifan and uh they got their asses kicked like the dominicans came out and the dominicans were armed and they had their got their asses kicked and they got chased out of the, so there are all these weird turf wars that were going on. It's like going back to 2020 is such a bizarre time because of what happened during that period of time. You go back and look at it now because you know all the fires have cooled, you know the agitation has subsided to some extent. Like Antifa was every fucking place, BLM was every fucking place. Like that was the revolution, right? That was the revolution, and nobody did shit. The only person that did shit theoretically was Kyle Rittenhouse, and even that is somewhat dubious. But this group were pissed, and they were talking about the Dominicans, and they said, um, they said, you know, well, listen, they can take care of themselves. They can take care of themselves. Jasper's very vocal today. So the Dominican, so these they were saying, uh, these motherfuckers, they came here. They got government assistance. I swear to God, they said this right. They got government assistance. They wound up taking our jobs. They wound up get getting better places to live than we did. This is this this is what I was reading on this thread. And we like, we got to take care of these motherfuckers. I'm like, hold up a mirror. Like what if, what's been going on in your community since the mid-60s, right? So now all of a sudden they're waking up and they're realizing that people from other countries are coming in and getting the same kind of entitlements and in some cases even better. So now they're on their list. We got to take them out, right? I'm like, it's just, it was bizarre. And now where are those people? You know, where are all those marches where they're marching through Someplace in the south, and they're all wearing black, and they're all wearing black band, you know, uh, berets, and they all have you know shitty rifles. Where are they now? Nowhere. The whole thing's bizarre. What's going on my mouth? Anyway, hmm. I guess it's just my whiskers. Anyway, the whole thing was bizarre, and it's gone now. It's like it's over, right? But it's not over, because. Essentially, what those are and what they were, those were terror cells, and they can ignite them and start them anytime they want, right? If they want a distraction, like what happened yesterday with the subway ship, which we'll get into, total distraction. Inflation up higher. It's been the highest in 40 years. Jasper, how do you feel about inflation? Jasper doesn't care about inflation. Oh, yes, you're the man. You're the man. So inflation, the highest it's been in 40 years. What are we talking about? We're talking about the subway killer, the subway shooter. Which, by the way, looks totally staged. And this guy has grievances. He's got a a weird video, which I'm going to play. I'm going to play his weird video. Um. If you look at the thumbnail for today's show, you'll see that there are two, two very different depictions of him. One looks like it's been altered. So this is what happens. I, I, you know, I hate to bring this up because it's such a fucking cliche. But if you look at a lot of times when they have these so-called black shooters, they lighten their skin to make them look more white like what the fuck is up with that i remember when they first did this this was way back in obamaville and they had a a, uh guy who shot up a junior college in oregon which i have serious doubts about by the way the whole thing around that was just completely and utterly bizarre and it's like oh look he's black what's going on with that Right. Because even back then they were, they were running, they were starting to run the, you know, the, uh, the, the Nazi program. They were running the Nazi program back then. They were starting to right the white terrorist Nazi program. So this guy is a shooter. He looks like he's sexually confused. And of course there's a hero and I've, I covered that, you know, Back in the day, and the whole thing—how, how many shots the hero took—and just completely dubious pictures of him in his uh, ho- uh hospital room. I almost said hotel, it was probably probably hotel room. In his hospital room, and he's yucking around with his friends. And it's like what really happened there. The guy, the shooter's name was Christopher or something. I forget his last name. He's black, according to, you know, the picture they showed. And then over the next few days, he kept getting lighter and lighter. So by the time. It was done. By the time you, you, we got about a week out, it looked like Sammy Sosa. I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? Well, they did the same thing with this, this other guy. What's his name? Frank Watkins or something like that. Frank, he's got the most generic fucking name. And you go back. What did, what did we say yesterday? When this thing broke, I looked at those first few pictures. I said, this is a false flag. You can just tell. You could tell. You know why? Because it's an environment that's controlled. Anytime you see these shootings, nine times out of 10, they're in an environment that can be controlled. What are we talking about? The Pulse nightclub, controlled environment. A movie theater like Aurora, controlled environment. A subway, a controlled environment. Cameras were off. This is a big point. Oh, where else were the cameras off? when they haul Jeffrey Epstein's ass out of there, right? New York, you got a problem with your cameras. Isn't Eric Adams a tech guy? Can't he fix that? Maybe he can get a no-bid contract on those cameras, get get them fixed. No cameras. Just so happened to be off or down or something was wrong with those cameras. But there's enough evidence now to... Say, well, okay, well, this guy is not fit in a profile. Now, if it is a false flag, and this guy did have a prior, and the FBI knew about him, this is another thing that's coming out about the story. The FBI knew about him. And they they were like, okay, well, we're just going to let him do his thing. We're going to use some kind of entrapment model. And who knows? Who knows what they were doing with him? And again, this is a guy that was in prison, let out. More than likely during COVID, I don't have the the uh, fact sheet in front of me, but I'm I'm assuming because there were a lot of really bad actors that were let out during COVID, during that whole time with prison with the whole prison thing. Who was president? Who was president? President of the United States was Donald Trump. Now again, why did this happen? Because the states got decoupled. The states got decoupled from the union, and that hasn't changed by the way. That is still on the books on 311, right? 311. And then I, I guess it was the next month, 413. If I'm not mistaken, 413. Those two executive orders decoupled the state. And I've talked to the states from from the, from the union. And I've talked about this before, but in case you're new to the show, and if you're new to the show, thank you for being here. Um, uh, The states could do whatever they want or not, right? And this was all around the response to COVID. And it was Trump's Trump's uh, party line was, well, you know, I should learn how to do a Trump. Well, you know, certain states are going to be different than other states. And that's my Fauci. My Fauci is bleeding through to my Trump. That's not going to work. But this is what he was talking about he said and to his point it's true new hampshire in covid is going to be different than new york in covid or i don't know massachusetts or pennsylvania in covid although even with pennsylvania it's going to be different you're going to have western pennsylvania sparsely populated in certain areas and then you're going to have like eastern pennsylvania and philadelphia it's like two different worlds So even when you break it down to states, it's not going to be, you know, the the, sort of the universal one size fits all COVID program. Right. But this is what happened and we haven't come back together again. So during that time, there was no universal response for any of these terror threats. And I got to tell you, as an American, because I do live in America, I wasn't born here but I do live here as an American. I spent most of my life here in fact, all my life here with the exception of six months when I was born in France and lived in France. That was really fucking demoralizing. And I remember watching what was going on during that time. And I really had to do a lot of internal yoga to not either completely blow a fuse or just sink into the pit of demoralization because I knew that nobody was gonna do a fucking thing when they were tearing down statues, burning cities and looting. And I may again, piss off some people that are Trump supporters. And I, by the way, I do not have Trump derangement syndrome. He kept threatening to make Antifa and Black Lives Matter terror groups. I'm going to place Antifa on the terror watch list. He said that two times in public. He never, I don't think he ever really mentioned Black Lives Matter. That was all pass, 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 right? And we sat there and we watched the place fucking burn down. People's lives were lost, businesses were lost. And it was a full-on operation. It was it, it was a revolutionary inside coup. That's what happened. And we're living on the backside of the coup. But what they'll do is they'll, you know, they'll just bring up this guy and whoever else they need every now and then. But there are two things now. The last two shootings that they've been pimping out because they want to get rid of ghost guns start a national registry both of the people that were involved in those shootings were released from prison the one in sacramento and the one in new york all right let me go into uh chatlandia let me see how you guys are doing and uh, what's happening here let me check in with y'all there's empath good morning kelly b is here there's my man tom uh wendy says hi wendy You beautiful person. Nicholas Grimm in the house. Kabuki Theater. Hello, hello. Back at you. There's my girlfriend. What's going on, Fran? Ryan, the international woodworker. Uh, Let's see. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. Come inside, come inside. Love that song. Carnival Nine. Emerson, Lake, and Palmer. Brain cell surgery. I'm not a big Emerson, Lake, and Palmer fan. I'm starting to sound like this old guy. I'm not a big Emerson, Lake, and Palmer fan. I'm not a big Pink Floyd fan. There are bands I do like. Like I said, in retrospect, I like Led Zeppelin a hell of a lot more than I did when I was growing up. I'll go back down and listen to Led Zeppelin, Cal. like, that's fucking genius. Like, okay, so there are a couple things about Led Zeppelin. Number one, they really don't have any depressing songs. If you go through their catalog, there's like no depressing songs with Led Zeppelin. None. Number two, they are not political. Led Zeppelin doesn't dive into politics. It's like blues and love and Tolkien, right? A few tongue-in-cheek songs. And there's very few bad songs in their catalog. They've got a few, but not many. And the ones that are bad are towards the end of the catalog. Like a great group. Brain Salad Surgery, great album. Fantastic. I tried to listen to Tarkus. It's like, what is going on here? You know, they had that, their version of pictures of an exhibition by Masorsky. It's like, man, this is just, Hard listening. And then they did Love Beach, which is probably one of the worst albums of all time. It's like Emerson Lake and Palmer meets, what, Jimmy Buffett or something really bizarre. But Brain Salad Surgery, the cover by Giger alone sets it apart. and It's a, it's a great album. I think the one before where they got the three faces, I think that's a pretty good album. I think Still You Turn Me On is on that album. That's a good album. Those two albums, I think, are really good. All right. There's your musical criticism for the day. Uh, JJ, what's going on, JJ? Good to see you. Uh, let's see. Who else do we have? There's Hucklebuck 411. Equacentric, what's going on, Equa? Equa feeds me all kinds of really interesting dirt. She sent me to Jane Ruby's instagram page which was embarrassing we'll talk about her later jake what's going on gucci to goats good to see you here looking forward to your publication in june so i can have you on the show uh who else do we have here jasper we're gonna get you a twitter account what's happening when i set up jasper's twitter account you guys you you guys need to uh like his twitter account Friend Jasper on Twitter, Frank, Jesse, James. That's what it was. Thanks, Tom. I was right. You know, I remember that. It's like, that was like, okay, it's a fucking James gang. It's ridiculous. I think he is a manufacturer. So there, I do believe there's a record of him being in prison MSM trying to shift attention from Hunter Biden and his laptop to Jared Kushner and the Saudis. They should all be in fucking jail. Jared Kushner, Hunter Biden, like, sorry, they're both scum. You know, how and why, what's going on, Maury? Good to see you. How and why Trump would let his daughter marry that fucking scum? You know why. I know why. You know why. Taze, what's going on, Teze? Repopulate the public as a state. Say goodbye to the federal citizen. I agree. We got to get rid of this shit. Hi, Timothy. Just jumping in to say hi. Well, hi, back at you. Dub side of the moon. Reggae version is better. I like that. Tom Kamala will be president. I, it's, it's, it's a fate accompli. It's happening. It's gonna be it's gonna happen unless there is some serious, and I mean serious divine intervention. Anyway, thank you for being here, Chatlandia. Always, or Chat always a great blessing and privilege to have you as a part of this stream, because you are a part of the stream. And anybody who listens to this, you're part of it too. Your energy is in here, right? This is this is our collective expression to some degree, just like all these other shows are part of the collective expression. All right, let's get into uh, Frank Jesse James a little bit here. I got to go to my, um, well, the backup account. By the way, the jam were very underrated. Three very, well, four very solid albums. Back to back to back. You had uh, In the City, right in the city setting suns sound effects what else um i think the first jam album which is is it just the jam like four really good records and paul weller was a great songwriter they could play their instruments you know they were tapping into that kind of you know who mod thing right great band Style Council I kind of like the first record but then it just goes too like white souly Burt Bakeraki for for my taste just for my taste All right um, let's go to uh, let's go to the burner account let's go to the burner and I do have some bookmarks here and they are Frank James related bookmarks By the way, did you guys ever see this video with Mel Gibson at the uh, at the gas station? I'm going to show this to you. Now, if you are listening to the uh, podcast, you could be here live watching this. You could also go to the website. By the way, if you look here, I'll I'll, I'll, let me just get into this. I don't I don't want to derail too much. This is the uh, this is this really funny. Snippet of Mel Gibson at the gas station. You gotta watch this. This is hilarious. This is not too long, it was about a month ago. I am here
1: helping my friend Mel Gibson, el del Patriota. Mel Gibson, are you Mel Gibson? Yes. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah, yes, el del Patriota. You you, you perform in The Patriota?
0: Yeah. Movie, the Patriot? I
1: Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. Long time ago. Long time ago, yeah. Yeah. Why are you alone? Huh? Why are you alone? Why are you? <laughs> I am alone because I'm not famous. Ah, I
0: like being
1: alone. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. Oh, my God, this is uh, a lucky day for me.
0: I don't know. Yeah. What if I rob you? <laughs>
1: yeah, you are Mel Gibson.
0: Okay, I just need to... Hey, can you shine that light on on this on on the pressure gauge? Okay, let me help you. <laughs> what if I rob you? <laughs> you gotta love Mel Gibson. And he, says, I, and he says, I like being alone. And the guy says, yeah, right, right, right. Ha <laughs> Like, you know, he's kind of on to him. You know what I love about Mel Gibson? He wears his glasses in his shirt like I do. So Mel and I are part of the uh, same club. The glasses in the shirt club. He's got a new movie out. And I was watching this interview with him with, uh, what's his name? Jesse. I forget. Is, is it Jesse Kelly or something? The Jesse guy from... Fox News, which I don't really watch all that much. In fact, not at all, except the occasional Tucker snippet. So Jesse was interviewing him and he asked him some kind of a question that was related to Jesse Smollett or something like that. And then this woman comes on who's obviously watching the interview. It's his press agent, it's a woman. And she comes on and she pumps the brakes and says, I think the interview's over now. Mel has to go. So when I saw that, I said to myself, you know, this is the model, right? They will have, and by the way, this is part of why I got banned from Twitter for a week. Because I said, one of the problems with trans culture are mostly straight, sometimes lesbian women who are gatekeepers and promote it. And that's what got me banned. And and Jason Whitlock has talked about this. Like when you look at these sports shows and you have say three dudes on the show and you have one woman, there's always got to be a woman now. Always has to be a woman. But by the way, yesterday was a fucking landmark for baseball because a woman was on the field during the giants game. I think she was the first base coach or whatever. Right bring on the virtue signaling for professional sports. It is the cultural march of the institutions, which is cultural Marxism, the infiltration of Marxism through our various institutions. And they've had sports on their fucking radar in a big way. And now it's arrived. Now we're watching the cultural Marxism infiltrate sports. Anyway, you see these women on these shows and anytime (laughs) excuse me, the men sort of get heated and start, you know, kind of jabbering against one another or with one another, which men will do. The, the, the woman, quote, unquote, the woman will come in and she'll throw water on the conversation and she'll redirect the conversation. And Jason Whitlock was the person who first pointed this out. And I said, oh yeah, that's what they're doing. That's exactly what that woman who was Mel Gibson's press person, did in that moment during that interview, right? This Jesse from Fox said something slightly provocative. It was kind of, you know, it was mildly interesting. It wasn't like, hey, Mel, what's your position on those kikes these days? Like, it wasn't that. It was harmless, really. It was funny, and Mel laughed, and she ended the fucking interview. Anyway, that was a little... We just went off on the frontage road for a little while. Let's get back to the main highway. So this is um, also from Twitter, but it's a a snippet from a newscast. Now we're getting into uh, Frank James territory here. Let's make this a little bit bigger. Let's go back to the beginning. It's always underground, always in a place where they could control the environment. Here we go.
1: Eric Adams told our local WCBS affiliate here in New York that the security cameras on board that subway station were not working. And mm. so that is something that we have been waiting all day. Do
0: you hear that? Let's go back. I'm sorry. I interrupted. Listen to her, this is what Eric got. They had to talk to Eric Adams.
1: Eric Adams told our local WCBS affiliate here in New York that the security cameras on board that subway station were not working and so Mm. that is something that we have been waiting all day for to have some sort of picture of this suspect Mm. who has been on the run now for more than six hours. Eric Adams told our local WCBS affiliate here in New York that the security cameras on board that subway station
0: all right, look at this here. So you have a mailbox tagged, lovely. You have tagging in the background. So this is just like the, the David Dinkins style New York where graffiti artists ran rampant until uh, you know Rudy Giuliani came in and did the broken window stuff, which is, you know, if you want to live in a civil society, you can't have this shit. I'm sorry, it's degrading totally degrading all right there's another one here now i don't know if this is true or not i think this is i think this is a bit of a fake right i think they put these guys in this subway photo all right th- they put them in there those are the same guys that were at the uh, capitol building right that's the, uh, that's the, uh, quote unquote, legit Twitter account. I got some others here. My other Twitter account, the burner account. Let's go back to the burner account. I said, I have the same, that's funny. I have the same, um, uh, whatchamacallit, the same save on both accounts. Let's see what we got here. I guess these are the uh explosives. Check out the explosives that he was messing around with. You can buy these at a local fireworks stand. Smoke bombs, okay? Whoop dee. Frank L James, he's from Chicago. 62 years old, he's from Chicago, past addresses, Philadelphia, New Jersey, Columbus, Ohio, all these places are liberal shitholes, pardon my language, Camden, South Carolina, I've never been there, he's got some aliases, Frank Robert James, uh, Frank B. James, Frank R. James, James R. Frank, he's got some relatives in the Chicago area, Desmond James, Jill Solomon, Pearl James, Robert Frank, Daniel Young, Frank Jones, uh, Harold Shoemate. John Shoemate used to play for the uh, Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Pretty good basketball player. What else do we have here? So this is his Facebook page. Am I right? Yeah, it's Facebook. So if you're listening, let me just describe this to you. His Facebook page is Profit of Doom 008. Now, as I'm looking at this page, there is a red arrow pointing at the URL for the page. Can you guys see it? It says, uh, fref equals page underscore internal. So essentially what this page means, right? And what this designation would represent is this page was internally created by Facebook. You see the internal part? You go on your Facebook page, you won't see that. And, of course, what do we have here? Apocalypse Now, Prophet of Doom, 88, 008. Man, he, he's like one higher than 007. He's got some, some symbolism here. Hourglass, Hands of Time, Earth on Fire. And apparently, he's got this video, which I had bookmarked where he's talking about how he doesn't give a fuck, right? That's his manifesto video. So this guy is a cutout. He's a total cutout. Have they even arrested him yet? I don't even know. I'm I'm like, I'm not really following it to that degree, but he's a cutout. He was somebody that was let out of prison. Like when you, when you think of him, When I think of him, who do I think of? I think of like Donald DeFries, a.k.a. Sin Q, who was in the prison system. He was groomed. He was let out of the prison system, right? And they essentially turned him and all of his buddies into the Symbionese Liberation Army. So Donald DeFries, Larry Layton. Larry Layton, an interesting character, Larry Layton comes from from and the Larry Layton was Larry Layton was Jonestown. Let's just do a, a real quick um, Symbionese Liberation Army, Symbionese update refresher. Larry Layton, who was part of Jonestown, came from money. He's a weird character. He's one of those Laurel Canyon kind of characters. Okay, so the main players, we have Donald DeFreeze, uh, Thera Wheeler, who was part of the group, and he leaves. Um, let see, who else is part of the Simonese Liberation Army? And the SLA was a total cutout. Another complete cutout. And, who, you know, who even knows if they were really in that house with the firefight with the uh, LAPD. So the members of the SLA were um, Russell Little, Joseph Romero, Donald DeFreeze, Willie Wolfe. See, I got the Larry Layton and the Willie Wolf mixed up. Willie Wolf was supposedly the guy who – Ray Patty Hurst, and part of her whole mind control operation. Uh, Thera Wheeler, who was part of the SLA and left. Mary Alice Siam, Angela Atwood, Patricia Saltisic, alias Ms. Moon, Ms. Moon Soltisic, uh, Camila Hall, Nancy Ling Perry, Emily Harris, William Harris. Right, those are so after the kidnapping, you had Patty Hurst, Wendy Yoshimura, former member of the Revolutionary Army, Kathleen Ann Solia, uh, James, Jim James Kilgore, Stephen Solia, it's Solia, associates and sympathizers, Joseph Solia, Bonnie Jean Wilder, a friend of Mar- Ramirez. Mickey and Jack Scott. Now, these people are interesting. They rented a farmhouse in Pennsylvania. Jack Scott participated in the transportation of SLA members to different parts of the U.S., including his farmhouse. His reason for sheltering them was for writing a book on them. <laughs> That's hilarious. Scott, the sports editor for the radical magazine Ramparts, died in 2000. Do you know who is connected to Mickey and Jack Scott? Bill Walton. So Bill Walton, who played center for UCLA and had a spectacular three years in the, in the pros and then after that was done because of a, a, a ankle injury. He got a ring with the Boston Celtics. Bill Walton was connected to the SLA. And it was, it was through um, it was through Jack and Mickey Scott. I remember seeing this as a kid, like watching all the stuff, and even a little bit after the fact, like it's like you see because I lived in California, I lived in the Bay Area, so we'd see these local news clips because all that shit happened in the Bay Area. And you'd see that stuff, and you go, "What the fuck is Bill Walton doing with these people?" I mean, that was going through my head. I'm like, "Okay, I know he's goofy. He's he's got the big red hair. He wears a headband. He, he's he's like a hippie playing basketball. I, whatever, right? What is he doing with these people?" Who are these fucking radicals beyond me? Nobody's really asked Bill Walton about that. Like, did he just know Mickey and Jack Scott because they were cool and counterculture? These are the people that sheltered the members of the SLA. Oh, just so they could write a book. So anyway, this thing in New York is another example of a total false flag. I think I have um, something queued up here. I think it's an ABC clip. Where am I? Okay, what do we have here? It's an ad. Let me me wait for the ad to uh, get cycled through. Book an appointment today. 5G, Verizon. Oh, ain't the future great. Okay, so this is live. This is a live broadcast. Let me see if I can just refresh this. Here it is right there. You just went wild on me. So let's see. Oh, by the way, Hershey is hiring. Did you know that? Here we go. All right, there's a reason why I wanted to play this clip because it's, ah, oh, please. It is not time for late, Charles. All right, here we go. And it's the, uh, it's the whitification of Frank James, the outlaw, the outlaw Frank James. So let's uh, make this a little bigger terror in the subway. All right. Sixth Street Station in Brooklyn.
1: Police have released these photos of Frank James. He is considered a person of interest in the investigation.
0: Let's get you. So when you see Frank James in, in his little clip. This is not racist. It's just an observation. He's a dark man. And here they make him. They kind of lighten him up. Play to date, right now, and what we know so far, our live team
1: coverage begins with Eyewitness News reporter Candace McCowan, who's live in Sunset Park. Candace? Well, Ken Charlene, what you heard from Debbie appears to be correct, that the train service is restored here at 36th and 4th this morning. Now, investigators are anxious to get their hands on that suspect. They've been pushing out his picture. They're also combing through social media posts that he's made to try and understand exactly what his motivation was. But take a look at this picture once again, in case you spot him out. 62-year-old Frank James from Wisconsin, who police are calling a person of interest this morning. They found his credit card and a key and a bag of items found at the scene and quickly linked him to this U-Haul that was rented in Philadelphia and then discovered miles from the scene of the shooting in Graves Inn. Police believe that he parked that van, then jumped on a Manhattan-bound in-train during yesterday morning's commute. Police say the suspect uh, wearing a gas mask set off two smoke bombs before opening fire. Investigators now working to determine his next move.
0: So th- they haven't caught this guy. He's on At the this loose. Time,
1: we still do not know the suspect's motivation. Clearly, this individual boarded the train and was intent on violence. There are some postings possibly connected.
0: Okay, uh, talking, is speaking the quiet part out loud, like, is every fucking police chief and captain now in America uh, a black woman? Sorry, this is why you pay whatever you pay per month. Cause I get to say this shit here and it's, it's an observation and this is ultimately right. This is why we're in trouble because they are monocropping all these people to be in positions of power. It's a monocrop. There's nothing diverse. There's nothing diverse about it. It is so not diverse. It's ridiculous. And he's on the loose. We got, a, we got a killer on the loose out there. New York, you got your uh, combination of Bernhard Gets and uh, Black Prophet of Doom. And by the way, that was in Brooklyn. That's Eric Adams' old stomping ground. Where did Eric Adams come out of? The police department. What is Eric Adams promoting? He's gonna to be tougher on crime. What is he going to do now? What's the plan now? I can tell you what I can tell you right, right now where this is going. It's biometrics. They're, they're going to biometrically lock down New York City. That this is where all this is going. Subway, Q code. Government service, Q code. We talked about it yesterday. This is where all this is where it's going. And now they got a killer on the loose. It's like the, the, the movies, like natural born killers. you got a natural born killer on the loose. How do you think New Yorkers are feeling? Probably not good. Tension, anxiety, fear. Which would be normal reactions in some ways based upon a threat like that that's out there in the environment. Welcome to the new America. This is what we're having to deal with now. The mechanism post 2020 with George Floyd, the summer of Floyd, and everything that was connected to corporations saying, we're really not that interested in profit anymore. We're interested in people. You combine those two things, they become the template for the new social model. You put BlackRock right in between the Fed and the Treasury, BlackRock distributing ESG scores so that companies stay in line and hire people like the spokesperson for uh, the New York police, right? You hire that person, your ESG score goes up. You hire somebody like me, your ESG score goes down. It's the social credit score for corporations. San Francisco Giants, ESG, and they have them, right? Like, the ESG scores apply to pro sports franchises. Oh, yeah, they do. So, San Francisco Giants run out a coach, female. Way to go. Keep that social credit score high as a kite. All right, I want to shift the conversation a little bit because I do want to make sure that I talk about what's in the headline that would be responsible journalism. I had a conversation last night with a friend. It was disturbing. So I've known this person for a while. Like I I met them, I think back in 19... 98 or 1999. There's 99. So going on 22, 23 years. 23, you know, it's a fair amount of time. And having periods of communication, some, you know, we have, so we have this history where, you know, sh- she'll show up and we'll have some communication for a period of time it'll be quite intense and then it'll it'll drop out and the 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 um, the content of the communication has changed over the years and this i guess this might be like the fourth or fifth wave of this sort of intense communication it's centered around her relationship with her brother and a very troubling relationship with her brother. Again, I'm not going to mention any names. And even if I did, it really would probably matter all that much, but so she got back in touch with me maybe two years ago. and am like, Oh, Hey, how are you doing? You know, sort of thing. I hope you're well you know, you have somebody in your your life and you're friends with them. You you, want to make sure that, you know, they're doing well, right? Ambassador of goodwill, make sure they're doing okay. Um, So she winds up going back home to help her ailing mother. When she arrives back at her home, she discovers her brother has turned into like the Colonel Kurtz of uh, not even the Colonel Curse, that might be too too kind in some ways. Her brother has turned into sort of the Jim Jones of her mother's house, and her brother had been a very successful corporate photographer, like super successful. Had really, you know, if, if we're measuring if the metrics of success, we're based on these things, he's living the dream. He's got an attractive wife. He's got, he's a photographer. He's making money. Six figures. By the way, these six figures are a while ago. It's not 2022. Six figures. He's making six figures. I've seen his work. I saw pictures of his wife. You know, saw pictures of him. Looks like a pretty good life. And then, hard left, hard left turn. The guy's unrecognizable now. Unrecognizable. So she sends me this message. I need to talk with you. Like, okay. So I'm talking, we have this conversation. And then she tells me, what she finds on her brother's laptop. Now, I know you know where I'm going with this. Now, I will say this, just as a qualifier, that the imagery on the laptop would technically not be considered child pornography. Okay? That said, the imagery was very disturbing. And it was a series of photos, not just one, but a series of photos. They're on his laptop. And by the way, the laptop was positioned in a way, it was open. It was positioned in a way where quite possibly, you know, the reason why he had these pictures up on his laptop is that he was pleasuring himself with these pictures. And these pictures were all under age. So, you know, pre, you know, pre 18, probably around, I don't know, let's say, 10, 11, 12 maybe at the most. And they were boys who were trannied up. All boys trannied up. And and uh, in, in the, the subtext is that he was pleasuring himself. Now there, the, now these images are not really, Theoretically, pornographic, right? There's, they're not naked. Nobody's doing things to them that is, um, would be considered classic, but they're disturbing. They're very disturbing images. So the reason I'm bringing this up is it, when I first started to see that, that, our relationship with sex and gender and the promotion of these values were going in a very weird direction for a brief period. For a brief period of time, now I always knew that they were doing all this to get to transhumanism, and I and I'd written about that all the way back into 2010 and 2011. So I've been I've been talking about this for over a decade, okay? Because you you could just see it coming. But when it really started to happen and you really started to see like Desmond and, you know, all these other characters, I thought to myself, well, this is just a trend. It's a fad and it will blow over because there's no way that this thing can get any traction and secure any roots. I was wrong. I was wrong about that. I didn't take it seriously. I mean, I took it seriously enough to notice that this is what they were doing and this is where it was going. I didn't think it had any kind of momentum. And if they were going to do it, it was just going to be something along the lines of like hyper marketing or something like that, you know, that we would see these things. But they would just be like like a sign up. They would have, you know, it'd be like a hologram, like they had no. uh no energy behind it, right? I was wrong. And that conversation, like flipped a a switch in my head, like the light bulb really went off, you know, 3,000 lumens. We're in a really, really dangerous place. Because if that is happening, right? It just, and again, I'm just going to use this guy as a symbol. And by the way, I'm not saying that, you know, having that life is the pinnacle of success, right? If you have that life, but you don't have the spiritual relationship with that life, it's hollow, it's meaningless. You could have all the success and the pretty wife or the pretty husband and all that shit. But if you don't have the, the spiritual connection to that thing, it's not going to really matter. Won't matter. It, it will be dust in the wind. So people do this, right? They're like, yeah, hey, I don't really like this life. It's not really, it's not really what I, you know, want to do. I want to be more creative or artistic or, you know, I, I, I defined myself by society's norms and values. I need to define them for myself. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. In fact, I think it's kind of important, but what he did is he went like a compl- like a real fucking 180, right? And he got, he's now involved in this weird, you know, subculture undercurrent that has taken a hold of him. I told you, you got to go to the sheriff's department. There's other things involved here. I don't want to get into it. There's like a lot of other things involved with this individual. But it was alarming. And it points to just how deep the socialization of this movement is. And just how pervasive the protection and the control around this movement is because I got bumped from Twitter for a week for talking about it. And I didn't use any derogatory language I was just pointing things out. So we're, we're in a pretty bad place as a society and a culture. We are ripe for the picking. Totally ripe for the picking. If I was Russia or I was China or whomever, it's like the time is here. Right. This is the time to strike because they have cultivated an undercurrent of depravity. This is the Weimar Republic on fucking steroids. Because the Weimar Republic didn't have the internet. The Weimar Republic had little smutty films and they had, you know, very dark cabaret shows. And I've talked about the movie Cabaret before. That version of cabaret was like pretty tidy whitey the, the cabaret performances during the Weimar Republic, way, 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 way more decadent than that. It include life, sex, acts, life, sex, acts with children, right? That's what was going on in Germany. People were so demoralized and the, the, the economy was, the inflation in the economy was terrible. And you know, what's interesting. It's like now, because back then you you literally, you had to do sex work. Like if you were a woman or a young girl, or maybe even a dude, you were rewarded by doing sex work during the Weimar Republic. You got paid money so you could spend a thousand marks on a loaf of bread or whatever. Right. What do you think is happening now? Fans only sugar babies. You have sex work as being recognized as being a legitimate form of work, vocation and occupation. It's the same thing as the Weimar Republic. It's just with the internet and media and advertising promoting it and saying it's all good, right? We're in a bad place. And I don't, Honestly to that extent I don't know what the answer is. I mean I do know what the answer is. Ultimately you have to re- you have to remove you have to remove the content. You have to remove the people that are promoting the content. That's the problem. And unless that happens you know it's only going to get worse. I was watching this guy, John Rich, who's a country Western singer. He was on Tim Pool. And he basically said, look, you can fuck with me. I can deal with it. You fuck with my children. That's another thing completely. And I will come after you. And I've never seen somebody be that straightforward and that adamant about what they will do. And Tim Poole was, he's loving it. He was all giddy because he was saying things that Tim Poole would like to do or even like to say. So I had a tweet a couple of weeks ago when I said, We've crossed the Rubicon and things are going to get ugly. You're going to see people. And unfortunately, this is what the, you know, the current administration wants because they want to disarm the public. That's a hundred percent. Whether they're going to be able to do that or not, that's a whole other thing, but there are going to be people who are going to go after, they're going to go after these pedophiles, whether they're grooming, your kids in school or what I'm telling you right now, it's going to happen. And when it does happen, you'll see, you'll see these people turned into martyrs because communism and socialism and Marxism, they all need martyrs. It's going to happen. And the whole hate thing is going to come up. Right. And this goes back to the X-Men movies, which I've talked about before. And how the X-Men movies were a prelude to this, right? The X-Men were mutants. And the non-mutants were after the X-Men. They were after the mutants. And who was the director of most of the X-Men movies? It was Brian Singer, who was charged as being a pedophile. Still makes movies. That didn't uh, stop him from making movies. See the connection? So we're we're in a when I had that conversation and just watching the transformation of that person go from a theoretical upstanding member of society, married, good job, doing what he loved, taking photos. Obviously, hollow to some degree, because he rejected it. I, and there's other things in the background of that family that I don't want to talk about. Okay. Because it gets very personal. So could there have been some tinkering in the young man when he was younger? Quite possibly. I'm not going to get into that. But even so, where does he go? He goes into, and, and there's, there's a, you know, since he's a photographer, he might have even taken those photos. right? He might be doing that as a side hustle. Who knows? I don't know but it's endemic of, this, of kind of where we are and how we got here because he was symbolic of America. And guess what? Unfortunately, he still is. I don't, have, I don't have the answer to this. All I know is that we can't coexist. We cannot coexist. There's no way we can coexist. There's no way people can sign off and, oh, and that's okay. We're going to allow that. No problem. They're just different. Practice tolerance. All right. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about the snake water thing. Because there's, there's some pushback around the snake water. Again, the interview with Dr. Artis, who I think is a little overly slick. The interview with Dr. Artis on Mike Adams and Brighteon. It's not a bad interview. I will say that. Mike Adams, medical background, right? He's got some, he's got some knowledge of the body, had a, a fairly high level conversation with him. And there were things that were said in that interview that I think were interesting and maybe have some merit. On the other hand, it's a lot of paranoia. Like, don't drink the water, right? Now, water has become an enemy. The source of life has become an enemy. And that may be the case. I mean, look, water has been infiltrated by fluoride and all the xenoestrogens and all this shit, right? That, that, that the water supply and the water system cannot eliminate. Like the birth control stuff winds up going into the water supply. And you wonder why there is an effeminization of men. A lot of it probably has to do the fucking water supply. That's just one thing. What about, what about all the drugs that people take? The psychotropic drugs. And I'm not talking about DMT. I'm talking about Xanax, Prozac, Zoloft. All that shit is going into the water supply. Oh, yeah. Not only that, but you have trace elements of things like cocaine and methamphetamine. Throw it on top of that lithium, some fluoride. And boy, how does that sound? In terms of the water supply. But now we got. Now we got snake poison. The water supply is, is fucked already. So I find it really hard to fat. I, I the, the part that I have around this that is that is difficult for me to digest. And I'm not saying that there isn't some kind of a there there. Because you watch the interview, there's a number of touch points that make a lot of sense. My, my issue is who set this up? And it was it was Stu Peters. And the exclusive documentary. Stu Peters and VanderSteel, Scott McKay, Mike Adams, usual suspects. And I was on Jane Ruby's Instagram page. So I don't know. I've got some inside baseball. I'm not sure how much I should share.